You're listening to an audio message from The Well, a gospel-centered church family in Hastings, Nebraska that exists to grow disciples and glorify God. For more information, please visit www.thewellhastings.com. Thanks for letting me come up here and preach. Um, If you guys didn't know, my name is Brandon White, and I'm one of the leaders here at The Well. And I'm the pastoral assistant to Pastor Joe, which was just up here giving announcements. We kind of did a, like, role reversal today. And uh, basically, my job uh, is anything that he doesn't want to do or doesn't have time to do, I get to. So, uh, like yesterday, we moved a bunch of Youth for Christ stuff and, and his office over to here. Um, if you guys want to go check out his office, there's like, it looks like a hurricane, a tornado met and like, had a baby. And that was what it is. So, there's, it's a mess. But it's good. Um, I'm excited to be up here uh, to to preach, and uh, so we're going to go ahead and jump into the text. It's uh, going to be Luke eleven forty-five through fifty-four, and we're going to pray first. Uh, Heavenly Father, um, God, I thank you for the people of the well. God, I thank you for the many blessings that you've poured out on us. Um, God, I just thank you that we can study your text tonight. God, I pray that as we dive into your word, that the people would be willing to hear. And take it. Uh, it's a it's a difficult text to continue on in, but God, um, you put it in there for a reason for us to learn from it. So thank you, Lord, for allowing me to preach today. In your name, Amen. We're going to be in Luke eleven forty five through fifty four, and I've titled this message as being "Behaviors of a Hypocrite," Part Two, because it's a continuation of what Pastor Joe preached on last week, and if we kind of list kind of backtrack a little bit and read what he talked about last week he goes and eats at a pharisee's house and this pharisee is 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 stunned that jesus didn't wash his hands there was supposed to be a ritual cleansing and pastor joe explained that there was certain ways to wash the hand and and the way the water would travel down your hand or this way and certain ways would be clean or if it dripped off this way versus this way and it pooled in your your hand it was wrong it was sinful and and he told us all about that stuff, and he said, woe to, to, to you Pharisees that worry about the cleanliness of your hands versus your heart. And he continued on, he said, you know, woe to you on, you know, tithing. You tithe everything but out of your heart and what you're doing. And you ostracize everybody else about what they're not tithing versus what you're tithing. And you're making sure that when you tithe, You throw the coin over there to make that loud clink to make sure everybody else knows that you're tithing. They didn't have paper money back then, and what they had was coins that had represented different values. So we'd have a $50 coin rather than a piece of paper, and you could throw it. I'd have to be Michael Jackson or Michael Jordan in order to hit that because I can't hit the broadside of a barn with a basketball, but they would do that to make that clinking sound so you knew that they were given that, and each one had a different sound. It's like our money today, if you drop it, you can tell which one is which that's being dropped. You can tell a silver quarter versus a quarter that's newer. You can tell a large silver dollar versus a penny being dropped, and that's what they would do. They would throw it to make sure, but they didn't care about that. They wanted the honor and the glory, and it continues on into this. It goes on in Luke eleven forty-five through 54, starts out with the lawyer again. It says, one of the lawyers or scribes answered him saying, teacher, 
In these sayings, you insult us also. And he said, Woe to you, lawyers, also. For you load people with burdens hard to bear, and you yourselves do not touch the burdens with one of your fingers. Woe to you, for you build the tombs of the prophets whom your fathers killed. So you are witnesses, and you consent to the deeds of your fathers, for they killed them, and you build their tombs. Therefore also the wisdom of God said, I will send them prophets and apostles. Some of them they kill, they will kill and persecute, so that the blood of the prophets shed from the foundation of the world may be charged against this generation. Verse 51. From the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah, who perished between the altar and the sanctuary. Yes, I tell you, it will be required of this generation Woe to you, lawyers, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. You did not enter yourselves, and you hindered those who were entering. As he went away from there, the scribes and the Pharisees began to press him hard, to provoke him, to speak about many things, lying in wait for him to catch him in something he might say. Again, the title of my message is Being a Hypocrite, and today Jesus will offend you. He offended people last week. He'll offend people today. The message that I preached a couple weeks ago about who is your neighbor, it was another lawyer that was offended and wanted to argue with Jesus, and he was offended. This text applies today more towards the leaders of the church. How many people do we have here today that is considered a leader, whether that's leading to make coffee, to, to greeting, to music, to kids' church, anything that people might look to you to help them with. This text is especially for you, but it applies to everybody because there's somebody that's always looking towards you for help. This was a lawyer, and he was well-versed well in, the, in the Bible, the first five books of the Torah. And he might have been a Pharisee or a Sadducee, but he wasn't part of the 72 Sanhedrin, but he was definitely somebody that was well-versed in the Bible and the law, way more than what I am. He was offended because Jesus grouped the lawyer in with the Pharisees, the Sanhedrin, from last week. And he was offended because he was calling, Jesus was calling him out, saying, you're a hypocrite. And Jesus continues on with the woes. He says, woe to you lawyers. Woe to you that think you know a lot. My first point of this and being a hypocrite is to load others with heavy burdens. Jesus tells us to be careful not to load, to be heavy burden bearers, to load people down. You're not to load people down with heavy burdens that cause them to fail. We've all experienced failures in life, some of us because the work workload was too big to handle. I know I have. Where I'm at today, I didn't think I'd be here, but five years ago, I literally walked into a guy's office and said, here's all the stuff, I can't do it. I can't run the PowerPoint, I can't lead. And I said, screw you, and walked out because of that. This person had overburdened me. He had said this, I'm giving it to you right now. And I said, I don't want it. I also was one time out driving around in a, in a cornfield in my 96 Sonoma two-wheel drive. That was a dumb idea. I got high-centered, 
And if I had gotten out and looked a little bit, if I would have went over about four feet, I would have had a nice smooth spot, but instead I got high centered. You want to talk about a heavy workload? I'm sitting there just uh, uh, trying to lift my, my truck up so I could get it to go. I had two other people in the vehicle with me. It's a stick shift. None of them knew how to drive a stick shift. And I'm out there, I'm mad as a hornet, just lifting and pulling, and I'm sitting there thinking, you know what, if this thing grabs, I'm dead because it's going to run me over in an instant. Talk about a heavy workload. I can't lift a 3,000-pound vehicle. I'm lucky if I can get 150 pounds off the floor on body weight. The worst offenders are those that give out heavy burdens but don't do them also. And this is what the lawyers and the Pharisees were doing. They wouldn't touch the things that they had to do. Or they were offended because others weren't doing the same stuff they were. They were offended because of the washing of the hands. Jesus didn't wash his hands. And so they were offended because they were trying to make themselves ritually pure. And they were offended because of the heavy workload Jesus was refusing to do. What if today... We're going to make it a little, clo a little closer to home. What if today, in order to get a cup of coffee, when you walked in that door, you had to walk down the aisle, go down the steps underneath the building, come back up, you had to walk back down around, and then back in to get a cup of coffee. How many of you would actually get a cup of coffee? Would tell you that that's the way to be richly pure, so you can, guys can drink your caffeine. Dave raised his hand. I'll do it. There might be quite a few of you, but I mean, what if we throw in some extras? You know, you had to walk around up on the balcony and walk around the church three times. I mean, make it ridiculous. This is what we're talking about for the ritualistic cleansing that the Pharisees and, and the Sadducees were doing. But then they wouldn't do it too. So the people that were up on stage today didn't have to. I can walk right across and get coffee. How many of you guys would be offended? How many of you guys would be offended if I told you that you had to do that and you just walked across? I would probably try beating you with the stick because I'd get mad because you guys aren't following the ritualistic rules that we put in place. What if to go to the bathroom you had to walk around the church, the outside of the building, three times and then go find the bathroom? Oh, but this week it's not the one up here. It's actually the one downstairs in the basement that's down there. And then next week it changes because we want to be ritualistic clean and it's the one down in the basement over there. We keep changing it up, and you guys are like, what's the deal? We can't follow your ritualistics, your rules and regulations. But because people up here on stage are, are supposedly better than you, like the Sadducees and the Pharisees, we can go wherever we want. That's what we're creating is the heavy burden. Who would be offended and burdened? Every one of you would be burdened with that in order to do that, or you'd be not following it, and I'd have to beat you with a stick. Jesus, however, is telling us in this, he says, you guys are loading everybody down. He says, you're not to make it hard for people to come to Jesus. Leaders are to make it easy for people to come to Jesus. Today, when you walk through that door, you could go straight over to the coffee table and get a cup of coffee. There was no jumping through hoops, no walking around in order to get your cup of coffee. 
You might have had to wait a moment because there's three other people in front of you, but you didn't have to wait very long. Jesus said that you, when, when people come to him, you're supposed to teach the essentials. You're supposed to teach the core doctrines. God created the earth. Man sinned. God kept trying to tell his people to come back to him, and we kept, repent, we kept stiff-arming him, causing trouble. And, Jesus, and he said, I'm sending Jesus, who died on the cross. And if you believe in Jesus, you'll be safe. You'll be saved. He's your Savior. That's core doctrine. Then you move into the second doctrines. That's stuff where we can debate and ask, and, and at the end of the day, we're still friends Talking about like the gifts of the of, of of the spirit, talking in tongues, healing, things like that. Baptism is it supposed to be complete immersion, or is it supposed to be sprinkling on the forehead? Well, if you're allergic to water, you're kind of screwed. But at the end of the day, we can still call ourselves Christians for baptism. If you want to do it biblically correct, you're supposed to be submerged because that's what Jesus did, but we can argue that too later, but it's a secondary issue. But what these Pharisees and these Sadducees were doing was they were taking the, the, the third part of it, the tertiary elements of it, talking about the color of the carpet or the color of the walls or things like that, and they were making them big issues. They were overburdening people. How do you wash your hands? Do you have to sing happy birthday twice? Why can't I sing the ABCs? It's the same length. Point two that I have for this is being a hypocrite is giving lip service. We all know who John Wilkes Booth is. He's the guy that assassinated Abraham Lincoln. Or what about Lee Harvey Oswald? There's some of you in here today that might have that seen that on TV when he was sitting in the warehouse and shot JFK. But let's bring it a little closer. How about Osama bin Laden, mastermind of September 11th? Jesus is talking about these Pharisees that are building tombs to the great people, but secretly worshiping those that killed them. Building tombs for the famous prophets for all the wrong reasons. They built tombs and memorials to honor the prophets of old, yet their actions show differently. They gave lip service, but secretly they were doing other stuff. The Pharisees and lawyers wanted to show outwardly that they love the prophets, but inwardly they didn't care and were full of poison I could get up here today and tell you how much I love Pastor Joe and everything that he does, but then after I get off of this, if I start going around and talking to each one of you and going, do you see the way he talked up there during announcements? Do you see the way he did stuff? You would start to see I'm full of poison. I'll give lip service. Pastor Joe, great person, great speaker, but if I start saying how much he doesn't do certain stuff or you see him do this or the way he dressed or whatever it might be, you'll start seeing that infection come in from what I'm talking about. I can give great lip service, but it's the actions that you see afterwards. 
and the Pharisees weren't that way. They were excited for the prophets to be killed. How many times have you been around someone and didn't care about them? You were being full of poison, and yet you had to be nice to them. Somebody talks to you and says, hey, what do you think of this person? Oh, yeah, they're a nice person. While inwardly you're thinking, I can't stand that person. I want to punch him in the face or her or beat him with a stick. It's the same what these lawyers and the Pharisees were doing. They would say with their mouths one thing, and then they would do another. They didn't care. They didn't read up on their history to realize that the forefathers and the kings before them murdered the prophets. You can read all throughout different prophets being killed. I could see them, I don't know if this is true, but I could see them building a tomb for Samson, trying to glorify him, yet he was ultimately killed by the Philistines. could see them doing that with many of them, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, building statues and things for them, but yet worshiping the idol worshipers. Point three of being a hypocrite is having the word of God and not sharing it. This one is the most dangerous one to have. In verse 52, it says, Woe to you, lawyers, for you have taken away the king, the key of knowledge. You did not enter yourselves, and you hindered those who were entering. If somebody asks you how to do something, you don't tell them, you're being a hindrance to them. We have many people in this church that know how to work on cars. I am not one of those, so I go ask them. But if they say, Hey, I can't help you, do it yourself. They're being a hindrance. There's many of you here that have different skill sets. Some of them are in the back working the sound. And if one day they decided, eh, we're done. Which one of you could jump up and get in there and do it? The little bit that I do know of sound isn't what they know. And I appreciate that they can do that. They've helped us out. There's many of you that know how to do different things. Make coffee. I can't make coffee to save my life. But you're sharing how to do it with others. We've grown a team. What if you showed up today and all the doors were locked, but you could see people inside, the leaders of the well. We're all having our holy huddle inside of here. If you're not on the music team and you're not one of those that preaches, you're up here emceeing, you're not allowed inside. We're being hypocrites because we're not sharing the gospel. There's different ways that we can share the gospel through word and through song. What would you do if you've seen that? You could look in those doors over there and you could see one of us standing up here with our little group of people right down in front preaching to ourselves. As leaders, we're supposed to steward the word of God. That might be you serving coffee, being kind, being joyous about it, greeting people. 
as stewards of God's word, it was important to tell the people of Israel about God, and these Pharisees weren't doing that. They were failing miserably. They were causing them to go through so many rituals in order to hear the word of God that they would burn out and they'd get dissatisfied. Jesus didn't wash his hands, and he went to eat. And the Pharisee was so offended by it that he wouldn't share the Old Testament with Jesus. He said, wait a minute, you don't wash your hands. How many of us have come inside from doing stuff outside and eaten without washing our hands? I have. I know there's many of you that have too. I've been with you. But instead of having the keys of knowledge and sharing God's word, the Pharisees and lawyers locked away the knowledge and made it more difficult for the people to know God. They would lock the doors of the Lord's word and refuse to tell or explain it to the people of Israel. In the 1500s, something that came about before, in the, yeah, let me start over. In the 1500s, the printing press came about. And so at the time, only the leaders and the very, very rich were able to have the Bible. In the 1500s, everyone was able to have the Bible. You could read it all you wanted. That was sharing God's word. It's a continuation. Being able to share the word of God is a continuation. So as we as leaders were stewarding it towards you, the people of the well, you guys are the next, per, next people to rise up. There's many of you in here as, as members. And as your job, too, being a member is to be a steward of the word. You're supposed to share the word, the gospel, with others. How many of you guys have had the opportunity to share the gospel and didn't? Were you guys scared of what man might do? The person or the reaction? Rather, we should be more afraid of what God can do. In conclusion, I'd like to invite the music team back up. I've got a couple different questions I want to ask you guys, and then we'll jump in, we'll go into communion. But in conclusion, I ask you, are you guys being a hypocrite? Studying this text really cut me, because I realize I do all of this. I make it hard for people to understand the word of God. I make them jump through hoops. I talk behind people's backs a lot, and it's dangerous. I'm getting better at it, but I still talk behind people's backs. There's times where I'm full of poison, and it's sickening. And then at those very two moments when I should be sharing the gospel, I don't. I run into hundreds of people a week, and not word, one word about the Lord. I'm terrible at being a hypocrite. These last two weeks have been gut-wrenching for me. Do you guys load others down with heavy burdens? It could be anything from your kids to your spouse to your friends. Do you put extra work on others while not lifting a finger to help? 
I'm one of those people that likes to be in the trenches helping, but at times I got to pull back. Have you done the work yourself before asking others to do it? The other thing is, do you guys give lip service to others? You say one thing nicely to them, but then backstab them. You guys have poison in your, in your voice, in your mouth. You make snide remarks after talking with someone. Someone walks away, oh gee, they're dumb. They're a know-it-all. As I'm sitting here telling you guys that, I should have a mirror in front of me because I say those exact same things. It's terrible. And then this is the worst one. Point three, do you guys share the gospel consistently with others, with whoever you meet? Remember when I last preached about who's your neighbor? That lawyer was wanting to know, Whose neighbor is, am I? Rather, it should be, whose neighbor am I to? Who can I be a neighbor to? And that's where this third point ties right in with it. The whole Bible ties together. You share the gospel with whoever you meet. Do you find joy in sharing the gospel? I'll tell you, as much as this was a gut-wrenching sermon to put together, I found joy in it because it cut to the heart. God's doing a work in my life, and I'm excited about that. I hope he's doing something in your life. The other question that I have is, what's keeping you from sharing the gospel with others? Are you afraid of what man will say? Jesus says, don't worry about those that can kill the body. Worry about those that can kill the soul. Worry about the one that can determine whether you go to heaven or whether you go to hell. It's scary. That's what scares me. But the thing that I know is that I believe and I have trusted in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I know many of you have too. So what's keeping you from sharing the gospel? This is the reason why we take communion. The gospel is all about Jesus. We'll be taking communion here in a few minutes. And communion is made to be easy. We don't want to burden you down. We're not going to make you walk around all over to find communion. It's up here at the front. Communion is for believers who have trusted in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And in a few minutes, we'll take the bread and we'll dip it in the juice and partake of communion. If you don't believe or have trusted in Jesus as your Savior, we ask that you don't partake in communion. Partaking in communion brings life or judgment on your head, depending on where you land on your belief of who Jesus is. If that is today that you have decided to trust in Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, come down to the front and take it with us. We're excited. There's a party going on up in heaven because of that. And that's joyous. So why don't you share it? Another thing that we do with communion is we're not a traditional church where we pass it down the row. That's passive. We would rather you come down to the front. It takes that initiative of you getting up out of your seat. You can't give just lip service. I believe in Jesus. Pass it down. Take it. 
keep going. You have to get up out of your seat. Be proactive about it. Coming to the front has an element of faith to it too. You can't just say you love Jesus. You actually have to show it. Last week in our GC, we learned about faith without works is dead. You say you have faith, now show it. You have faith in Jesus, come take communion with us. We also believe that in sharing the gospel and, and communion with others. We ask that parents give the elements to the kids and to the family. We all will have a few people down in front to share communion with the elements with all of you. That's the sharing part of it. We're in community together. We share life together. We share Jesus together. Let's go ahead and pray so we can worship the Lord through communion and through song. God, we love you so much. Thank you for making the gospel easy to bear. God, thank you that we don't have to jump through so many hoops or walk around certain ways or wash our hands to be accepted by you. Thank you, Jesus, for being bold and not giving us lip service and showing us how to worship with all that we have. Thank you, God, for making it easy to share the gospel with others. God, it's scary the first time, but thank you that we can do it and that when we do it the first time, we want to do it a second time. God, now we are going to worship in music and in words, and God, just bless those here at the well. God, thank you for allowing them to hear a hard message. God, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys for letting me preach. There will be a few of us down at the front to take communion, and then there will also be a few of us to pray with you if you have needs. I encourage you to come take communion and to be prayed for if you need it. Let's worship the Lord. You're listening to an audio message from The Well, a gospel-centered church family in Hastings, Nebraska that exists to grow disciples and glorify God. For more information, please visit www.thewellhastings.com.